Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Jason Claus Show. This is our season one, episode four. So we've actually created four episodes now, officially. Um, my name is Jason Claus. I am a small business manager. Most of you probably know me as the sales guy at Insight. What you might not already know is that I also manage a small team. I have, a, I have four really great guys that work for me. And this audio cast or this podcast is, is really aimed at people like me, um, people that are individual contributors and also managing uh, a small group of people as a team leader or as a, as a manager. Uh, the idea being that we need a place to share ideas that are, are, are tailor-made for us uh, because it's hard to find. So the podcast is intended to bring you continual sort of ideas, strategies, tactics, things that you can put to use almost immediately without having to, to go through a whole bunch of, of additional work. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about a book that I've actually reread. This is my second time through. It's called The Power of Habits. It's a, it's a, a New York Times bestseller by Charles Duhigg. I've got a whole bunch of links uh, included in the presentation and on the show notes for you. And this is a first for, for the Jason Claus podcast. Um, we have a guest. Uh, Samuel Hatton. Welcome, Samuel. Thank you. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy you're here, too, because we're not doing anything else. We're actually, we're in the offices here at Insight, and uh, we've, got, we've got the room set up to do podcasting. Uh, engineers are walking by, kind of looking at us, what, wondering what's going on. Um, so when this gets posted, we'll make sure everybody knows about it. We're doing a podcast. Um, Samuel works for me on the, on the sales and marketing team. He, you it was almost four years now, right? right. That, Coming up on four years. Yeah, um, and he's you know Samuel produ uh, produces a lot of uh, produces all of our videos, uh, does all of our um, all of our uh, blog development. Uh, not, not writes most of them, but but also edits uh, the ones that are written by other folks. Um, just a, just a great guy. The reason I asked him here isn't because he's a great guy. Um, it's because Samuel. Is just a he's just a he's a habit machine. I'm gonna get to that in a minute. I actually have a different word for you um, that you already know, but everyone else doesn't know. Um, what we're gonna do on this podcast, the book is too big. There's too much to go through. We're just gonna bite off a little bit, maybe review some of the key concepts about how you create and build habits, how you change habits, things like that, uh, and then I've got some announcements to go through. Um, so uh, moving on to, to, to Samuel's bio, uh, Sammy, you want to, instead of me doing it, why don't you, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself? Give it, you know, you were, how does... I, I think you're much better at introducing me, honestly. All right, I'll, I'll <laughs> introduce you then. So I've already kind of done it, right? You work for me. Um, you're awesome. I'm calling you the habit engineer, and you really like that. Right. You know, actually, I think Habit Machine is uh, even better. You like Habit Machine better? <laughs> right. Well, there's no time to change it for, the, for this one, but maybe we'll put that on your business card. So right. we'll have Habit Machine. That's um, not a bad idea. But what, I, but, but what I mean by that is that from the day that Samuel got to Insight, I noticed he's continually applying the concepts from this book. And I don't think you had read the book yet. Or had you? I, I have no idea. I, I go through lots of books, but yeah. um, this is one that I have read for sure. But Samuel has a whether it, and it doesn't matter. Like in almost right. every aspect of his life, Samuel is deliberately trying to create habits for himself. Like the one, <laughs> I don't even know if it's a habit, but maybe the habit is to avoid this. But for a while, Samuel was giving himself cold showers in the morning. Right. 
talk yeah, about that. That, that, that was, I mean, that it was, was it deliberate. It, has, it was. Right. It wasn't like he wasn't trying to punish himself. Talk, no. talk about that a little so, bit, right? Because I would never do that. Right. So, so I was trying a lot of um, natural ways to to wake up early mm -hmm. without coffee, uh, and that was really difficult. So one of those things that I incorporate in my morning routine is an ice cold shower, and um, that definitely wakes you up. It's like it's like a um, splash of the face with cold water, but you're over your whole body. It's funny because the ice bucket challenge is going around like the, <laughs> when I was first doing that. And um, and I was like, you know what? I do ice bucket every day. Come on. You know what we need to do? We need to include um, Josh's ice bucket okay, challenge yeah. in the show notes. Oh, um, our, one of our owners uh, here at Insight did a, did an ice bucket challenge. Samuel produced it and, and recorded it and, and, and put it up. And it's pretty good. So. Yeah, we had help from the whole, from the whole company yeah. with that one. Yeah, so we'll include that. Um, well, cool. Um, I, I, we're, uh, just a disclaimer here, I'm not uh, advocating cold showers as a way to be a better manager. I mean, it might work, but um, I, I certainly don't do it. Um, I'm also going to include, if you want to connect with Sam, um, Sam, you're actually doing um, life coaching too. Yeah, I'm, I have a, a few clients to actually build habits. Okay, you want to plug your website or anything like that? Yeah, samuelhatton.com. And um, I'll I'll make sure to put a put a button there. For okay. Yeah. If you want to check, uh, we'll, we'll include all of Sam's contact stuff in the yeah. show notes, so you can connect with him directly. Thank you. If that'd you be good. To. Yeah. All right. So getting right into it, the book that I want to cover tonight it's it's called The Power of Habit. It's written by Charles Duhigg. Um, we'll include a whole bunch of other li links. Uh, what I really like about a lot of the books that are coming out now is the companion websites because there's all these um, there's all these study guides and aids. Um, and so I'll include some links there. A lot of what's in this, uh, what we're going to talk about today is actually in the, the study guide for uh, off, of, off of Charles' uh, website. Uh, the, the book was published by Random House, um, and it's a bestseller. So, I, you know, we're not the only ones that are saying it's good. Other people are saying it's good, too. Smarter, brighter, more influential people are saying it. Um, so we're going to start off with uh, just kind of getting into the, the case for... Uh, of, uh, of why the book's a good book. Charles does this incredible job of, of, of really kind of breaking down a habit into, into its component pieces and then helping the readers to understand how you can manipulate existing habits or create new habits. Um, and he starts off with a whole bunch of really cool science about how habits get formed and in what part of the brain they get formed in. Um, and my first sort of, re the, the first bullet point I've got is who is EP? Um, and uh, it's the, it, EP stands for a patient um, that was studied. This, and, I, and I can't remember the guy's name. I'm, I'm spacing on him right now, what his real name is. But he, he had a brain injury um, that, that, that disrupted his short-term memory. So he had no short-term memory, right? And, where we're going, where I'm going with this is that memory has very little to do with habit forming. Habits happen without us knowing about it. Right. The other thing that's really interesting is that, you know, some grand percentage of what we do every day, we think that we're in complete control of it, and, and we are in control of our habits, right? But a lot of what we're doing is autopilot. It's a bunch of uh, it's a bunch of compact habits put together. Um, right. I hear for most people, it's forty percent of their entire day. 
Yeah, it's 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 some huge percentage, right? Way more than what I thought, right? Because right. we like to think that I'm I'm in complete control. But when you think about it, right? Most of us are commuters. How many times have you gotten in the car and ended up at work and not really remembered how you got there? Right. Not not even thinking about it. Right. You were you're you're there. You were just on autopilot. The the mm -hmm. habit took over. And and what was really cool from the beginning of this book and kind of looking at this this patient who didn't have any who who had lost the ability to have short term his short-term memory. It was gone. He only remembered his life up to the accident. And then everything after that, he would forget in a couple of minutes. What was really interesting about this story was one of the researchers that was working with EP came to realize that he was still developing habits even without, his, with, without the, the, the memory. So the example that's, that, that hit me really hard was um, because of his, uh, the, his injury, his wife had to move him to another, to, to another place. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now every day he was in a brand, as far as he was concerned, it was a brand new living room. And he would watch TV. And to begin with, someone would have to help him figure out where the bathroom was. Right. But over time, the researcher began to notice that EP was, he would, he'd, you know, he'd need to do his business. And he would get up and go to the bathroom and then come back and not need to be instructed as to where the, um, bathroom was. Where the bathroom right. was. So he was forming habits. And, and that's because the part of the brain that does this is, the, the, is part of our most primitive brain. It's called the, the basal ganglii. Um, and or it's, a.k.a. reptilian brain. Or a reptilian brain, I guess, is another way to look at street. it. Yeah, but, but this is the... But, and this, when you think about the, the fact that the, our brain is... Such, it's this... It, it just sucks energy from our bodies, right? Right. So the idea that we've got this mechanism that goes well way back in our evolution, whose sole purpose is to try to conserve energy, that's really what a habit is, right? You have this behavior that once it's encoded and the neural pathways are created, it just exists. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't require as much energy or willpower or, or you know, direct, it, well, it requires no conscious effort on the brain's part. So freeing up that energy for all other parts of the, of the body. Um, which I just think is amazing, right? So the idea being, the more that I can habituate, the more good habits I can create for myself, the, the more I can get done, the, 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 the more brain power and willpower I'm going to have to handle tougher decisions throughout the day. It's just really fascinating to me. Right. Um, you, you, can spend, you can spend a lot of time developing a lot of different types of habits, but the ones that are best, what, what, I'm get, what I, I hear from you, the ones that are best are the ones that set you up for the better habits. So like a, a solid morning routine would be a great example of a good habit that you'd want to develop to affect the rest of your entire day. Right. And I think we'll get, we'll get to some examples right. maybe a little bit later on. I think what I want to talk, talk about now is, is kind of the mechanics of a habit because it, what, what is it exactly? Um, and the, uh, Duhigg does a great job of just kind of diagramming a, a habit for you. It, it, there's, there's three component pieces to it. There's a cue, and um, so an example of a cue might be uh, I get in the car and turn the key on, headed to work. There is a behavior. There is the, you know, me driving, or a routine, me driving to work, and then there is a, word I, I, a reward. I, I arrive at work, right? Right. Um, so the, the cue lets the, lets the basal ganglia, you know, the, the neural pathway know, okay, here's, this, is, this is the beginning of the routine. I do the routine, the encoded routine, and then there's some sort of reward um, 
that, that you get. And it, it can be all different kinds of things, sugar water or you know, a feeling of self-worth or just getting accomplished what you want to get accomplished. Um, and when you think about it, that's really, really simple, right? You have, you have cues, you have rewards, and then in the middle you have the routine or the behavior that's right. habituated, right? Just on the face of that, I found that very powerful because if you can manipulate, you know, knowing that, I can manipulate different, different parts of, the, of that model to change the desired outcome. Or at least that's what I thought initially. It turns out that there's a specific way to do it, but um, I, I want to use an example um, from the book. And I don't know how many of us are familiar with the toothpaste Pepsodent. Um, I wasn't. I had to go look it up. I did some Google searches and found some really cool vintage ads about Pepsodent. But here's the really interesting thing. People didn't always brush their teeth. I didn't know that. I mean, I know they didn't do it in Britain. They still don't do it in Britain, apparently. <laughs> um, but people didn't, in, in the United States, uh, there was a time when less than 10% of the population did uh, brush their teeth. That's not really a world I want to live in. Wait, wait, you're saying that less than 10% of the population did did brush their teeth. Right. Oh my gosh! No, lots of lots of tooth decay. That sounds horrible. Um, and it wasn't until an ad man named Claude Hopkins came along uh, to change that, and he made a fortune changing that. But he also made life, I think, a lot more pleasant for uh, for us. So thank you, Claude Hopkins, for right for, for uh, <laughs> uh, uh, preying upon. Uh, the public and and uh, and taking advantage of them to get them to brush their teeth. But the, what's cool about this example is is that he used classic the the, the classic habit model to uh, to sell toothpaste. Um, he spent a lot of time doing research and discovered um, I can't remember what it's called, but he called it the film. You know, you wake up in the morning and you've got that film, the placky film, yeah, on your teeth, right? right. People just live with that. Um, he decided to name it. He named it the film, and and uh, he started to, to to draw attention to it. So, that was the that was just cue, right? You wake up in the morning. Um, a lot of the ads say just run your just run your tongue across your teeth. Do you feel that? You feel the film? Wouldn't you like to make that go away and have a have a clean mouth, right? So, so he was creating a cue for, you know, okay, I've got the film. I need to brush right. my teeth, and and that's the that's the habit. And then the reward is I've got a clean mouth. And this habit worked. He got America to, we all, I mean, I wake up in the morning, I brush my teeth. I go, before I go to bed, I brush my teeth, right? It's a, it's a habit that was given to me by Claude Hopkins um, that prior to, you know, prior to his, his campaigns, we, we didn't do, which I thought was, and I just think that's, I mean, it's just such an awesome example of how, you know, somebody applied this. He didn't know he was doing it, um, at least not in the in the power of habit parlance, but I think it's a it's a really powerful example of how you can use these things to change your life and to change your, the the lives of the people around you. Particularly, your, you know, this is a, a podcast about management ideas, right? Right. I think you know. Actually, this might be you know. I deliberately try to create habits for us that, that all we the systems do. and processes that exist in a company mm -hmm. are like all the huddle, right? right? I mean, the 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 huddle is. Uh, we do. You want to talk, why don't you share a little bit about the huddle? Yeah, so the example of the queue is um, 8.55, right, means get on, the, get on the phone. Well, that's what it means for you. Mm -hmm. For me, it means 9 o'clock. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so get on the phone and, um, and call in for the huddle, and, and then we have our routine, right? And um, 
do you want me to go all the way into that? No, I don't think. I mean, it's it's you know, meeting rhythms a really important part of, of of managing a team. Right. I think right, particularly for me because I'm in the field all the time. I I do sales and I mm -hmm. so so I need to have that daily connection point so that I you know I can keep tuned into what's going on. Um, Those and we struggled, right? right? To begin with, we struggled, and it really for me and it, it was me. I was the one struggling because you guys would be on the call, and I. You know, I'd call in five minutes late or, or, or something like that. So for me, I actually had to create a queue and it's alarm. I have an alarm that goes off at 8.59 every 59. day. Okay. Okay. And that's how I know I need to, I need to dial into the huddle. So, you know, there's actually, there's actually something that, that I do to prepare for the huddle um, sometimes. And, um, and that is at the very end of the workday, I have a queue to write out my summary. Because if I don't have a summary, to to give you then then you're you come to me and you're like hey wh where's the summary you know because <laughs> so. you know I'm gonna ask you for that right that's funny all right so we're not uh, this is just an overview right the, the, the there's a there's an entire chapter devoted to this to to, to this piece of the of the book I actually found an excerpt excerpt. Uh, on slate.com. I'm going to include a link to it in the show notes, but it really goes, you know, it's, you know, two and a half web pages worth of, uh, of detail on, on, the, on the Pepsodent case study. Um, so if you want more information, I'd encourage you to go check that out. Um, there's a piece that I did leave out of kind of the, this, this part of it, and it's, you know, it's the fact that, that some habits stick and others don't. Right, and, and th this Pepsi example was a good one, um, because it turns out that while the three components are the three pieces of the of the habit, there are lots of of, of cues and and routines and rewards that don't actually turn into habits. Um, I can't give an example right now, but um, what Duhigg was getting what he was getting to was. Um, the, there's a there's another piece. There's a fuel to, to making the habit happen. Willpower or desire. Okay. Right. So right. when you go, what, so the the and uh, again, the ad guy he didn't know this. He's it's this just a this he just happily stumbled into this and made you know millions of dollars. <coughs> um, excuse me. So the craving, right? That's that's the that's the, the the desire the craving that's the that's the the fuel that, that 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 powers these things. So going back to his example, you had your cue, the film, the dirty teeth. You had your routine, brush your teeth, and you had the reward, a clean mouth. But there was another piece here. Every and and, it's, and it, we feel it today. When you brush your teeth, there's a tingling sensation that goes with brushing your teeth. And we just assume that's the way it is, right? The right. foaming, the tingling, right? The toothpaste doesn't necessarily need that. And in fact, there's toothpastes that don't have that, right? In World War II, the toothpaste didn't have any of that. Um, but that tingling sensation turned out to be a re a, a, uh, something that you crave, right? And when, if you think about it, it's kind of what tells you that your mouth's clean, right? So kind of grafting that over top of the model, you see when the cue happens, you're not necessarily craving a clean mouth. That's the end game. That's kind of what you want, and that's your reward. 
what you're craving is that tingling sensation. So in giving that example, that's how Duhigg gives us this complete sort of model for how a, a habit is created and, 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 its, and its key components, right? There's a, there's a, a cue or a trigger, there's your the core behavior or the routine that sits in the middle, and then there's your reward, all reinforced by an emerging craving for some, for, for, for some part of that reward. Um, is that making sense, the, yeah, the way this whole thing sense. is structured? It makes it a little bit more difficult to digest, but... Right. Um, immediately, I'm, I'm trying to check it against um, some of the other habits we, we, we've already discussed, like the huddle. Um, but something that's really interesting about the huddle is there actually is a craving for, well, us anyway, um, on the, uh, the employees, not the manager side of things. Um, but we, we go and play ping pong right after our huddle, you know? So, <laughs> I, mean, I like, didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, we're always, it's like once the huddle's over and now we can play ping pong. So, I mean, uh, we've always looked forward to it. So. Yeah. I, I know what mine is because I thought about it what too. What is it? It's, the, it's this desire to connect. That if it, well, on the days that it doesn't happen, it's, noti it's noticeably absent. Oh, right. That I haven't had it, that I haven't, I don't know what you're doing, right? I, have, I don't know where you're at. I don't, I don't get to joke with you or, or any of that, right? It's, that's. Uh, I, you, you're probably going to get into a, to the huddle in a later podcast, but one of the components of the huddle is good news. And, and that's another thing that's really important for bringing us together. And, you know, just knowing that there's some good things happening, um, either professionally or, or personally. So. Yeah, cool. All right, so so what, right? This is all kind of kind of interesting stuff and yay habits, but um, how do you apply this, right? And I guess we've kind of you know the huddle's a great example. Um, here's what I want to do: think if you could share an example of a way that you've created a habit for yourself that's benefited you professionally. Do you think you could you could share one? Does one come to mind? If not, maybe maybe something else would would be okay. Yeah, um, I I'd say that the um, being diligent and sticking to an inbox zero is definitely uh, something that has helped me professionally. Okay, can you talk? Can you talk through the its evolution and right. what, what like what is the loop? What's the habit loop? So the habit loop, the cue is um, there's stuff in my inbox, but I have another cue because that happens all day long, right? Mm -hmm. um, so at the very end of the day, actually I have two cues at the start of the day and the end, but I'll go start with the end first. At the very end of the day, I make sure that I process my entire inbox and, uh, and I, I make sure I do that before I go home. The reward would be going home, right? And then, um, so the routine is actually processing the, processing the inbox. I do one of three things, I delete it or I, I put it in the to-do list, or uh, or I just like process it real. You know, if it's if it's a quick thing, I just respond, and or I mark it as reference, and um, and then the uh, what, what was right after the routine, the reward. The reward. All right, the reward is I get to go home. So I mean, here you and go. can you think about what the what's the desire or the craving that fuels it? Uh, the craving is knowing that. The next morning, I don't have to come to an awful inbox. It's more of like a, a fear thing. You know, it's like, oh, no, this, this inbox is hairy. And so it's almost like not something that you're, de you're like what you desire is to avoid something. Right. Right. So it's, it really isn't. It's almost like I'm trying to get away from something. Right. But, That's interesting because you never also, talked about that. It's also a craving of like having that 
clear inbox. Oh, I know the feeling. Like, yeah. oh, I crave that. I crave that all day long. So yeah. I mean, the sense that you're not missing anything, right? That's 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 what I like about having an inbox. That's a little, and I guess we'll do a podcast about that too. Right. But um, I mean, <laughs> so many people like the engineers have these massive inboxes, and it works for them because they a lot of what's in there is you know technical in nature, and they have to have a place for it. Um, they don't have necessarily the same deadlines that I think we have sometimes. Uh, do you have inbox zero right now? I don't know if it's, it was when I, when I walked in, I was at zero. I don't that, know if. That's very impressive. I don't. I don't. So that, that's, a, that's actually a, a habit I'm struggling for a bit. But I just yeah. Well, I think that that's, that's a great topic for, for future, um, future shows because um, there's tools to help. And, right, um, right. Feeling organized is empowering. <laughs> it really uh, is. Yeah. Well, okay, so that was a great example. I think I, the one I want to give, I actually wrote a blog about it a long time ago uh, on my personal blog. I started running almost three three years ago. It's three, it's three years ago because that was the first 5K that I ran. And I have small kids, so there is no way that I'm going to be able to do it during the during the day or when I come home from work. I needed to do it in the morning, and I'm really I was really bad at getting up in the morning. Um, so the habit that I had created for myself was um, the alarm clock goes off at, at five o'clock. I get up, I hit the you know I hit the alarm clock. Um, my clothing my clothes are already laid out the night, but like so I guess that's part of the habit. My clothes are already laid out the night before. Um, I go for a run, and then I jump in the shower. Right, and so the cue was the alarm goes off. The routine was getting into my gym clothes and going out, walk, going out the front door, going for my run, and then uh, coming home and jumping in the shower. The reward was the sense of satisfaction that I got. Um, runner's high, also. The runner's high, um, and I, I think that the the desire was um, that I really that the sense of accomplishment. I really felt like I was getting some. The other thing too was that the run. The, the 5K was actually for a cause that I felt really passionate about, still feel really passionate about. Um, and so I felt like I was actually, you know, doing something other than just scratching a check to a cause or, or something. And, and I know right. it, it's really stupid and trite, you know, the, 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 the gravity of the, um, uh, of the charity just because I'm, oh, I'm running for whatever and I don't want to get into that. But, but it was something, right? And you know, for the for the suburban dad, it's what I got. So, um, and I still do it to this day. I still I'm still waking up, and, and not every day. It's now the, the the routine has changed. I give myself a break on Tuesday and, and Thursday, but I run the rest of the time. Good job. Um, that's good. Not very far and not very fast, but I do it. So th- so that's mine. I, I think what I wanted to cover. There's you know, once I started to understand how a habit works. I started to see the bad ones um, for what they were, and I started to feel some hope on in, in my ability to to influence them. Um, and I, we haven't even gotten into how you do that, and we're not going to do that on this podcast. Um, there's tons more to this book, and, and in fact, there's a golden rule that Duhigg talks about to changing habits. I, I don't want to. I'm not going to do it justice here, but. You know, basically what he says is to change a habit, you have to change the routine in the middle. You really can't muck around much with the cue or the reward. They have to stay the same. You can only, you know, to be successful, you really have to look at changing the encoded behavior in the middle. 
um, right. and he's, he devotes a lot of time to that. Um, he also talks about the, the, the concept of keystone habits, and there's an awful lot out there on the internet. If you Google keystone habits, you'll find a lot of really cool stuff. But the, 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 the core of this is there's things, you know, you might have a lot of things that you want to change, but there are some things that if you change, concentrate your energy on changing that one thing, it fuels your belief system and actually creates the, um, the ability to make future changes. Um, one of them, for example, happens to be exercise. Another one happens to be goal setting, right? So right. I, I don't know what experience Setting you've your had priorities this. for the day, yeah. yeah. But, but I, th I thought that was really cool. And in fact, I think I'm a testament to um, exercise has really had a profound impact on things I've then gone on to change as well. Um, he talks about engineering uh, habits and, and how you can do that to conserve willpower. He's got a whole uh, chapter devoted to that. He talks uh, at length about, he does a case study about Alcoa and how um, their CEO um, set the idea of safety and making safety the number one priority and then what impact that had on the rest of the organization. Uh, it actually, you know, they uh, that this company went on to experience unprecedented growth and success. And um, that's in part the, the, the it, was, it was this vision and this, and this habit. Um, the, there's, a, there's a chapter about how Target, among other places, use habits and our habits and um, a pregnant mother's habits to, uh, to predict buying behavior and then also to manipulate it. It's pretty Machiavellian and uh, a little frightening, but it's worth, uh, it's worth delving into because um, it's instructive because it's happening out there. Um, I don't know what you do with it other than just listen. Know about <laughs> it unless you're, unless Unle you're Yeah, marketing. unless you're a statistician <laughs> and, 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 a, and a, a database marketer, then, uh, then you tell all your friends not to listen to this podcast, I guess, or read that book. Um, and then it ends with, uh, with it, it, it characterizes the, uh, the civil rights movement and kind of graphs that over uh, habits and, and how, not just how individuals have habits, but disjointed non-organizations have habits um, and, and loosely knit together social networks. Um, really, really cool stuff. Um, the short of it is, is that you may end up being like me and, and rereading this book because it's, it's that good. Uh, there's that much to it. Anything you want to add, Samuel, or anything you remember from uh, from reading the book? It has been a while since I read the book. And I'm just happy to um, come along. Well, I'm glad you're here, too. I think this has it. been fun. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So uh, maybe you don't have time to read books. I, I don't know. Most, Like I said, most of us have commutes. Right. Um, I have found it incredibly helpful to get my hands on uh, as many audiobooks as I can, nonfiction audiobooks. Um, it's been helped along. I can't, uh, our, our CEO, Mike Chapit, and um, our Director of Client Services, John Grover, they have lived and breathed this for, for a decade. Um, and they've always been bringing great books. I've always had that. We have a library here that I'm actually able to tap into. You may not have that. If you don't, um, you don't have to go out, to, go out and buy these things. Um, there's a, you can use a, a, a platform called Audible. Um, I'm not being sponsored by them or anything. This is just a good idea. I think. Samuel, you use Audible yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I use Audible. Yeah. 
you can basically rent these books, download them onto your, your iPhone or your, your, uh, uh, your smartphone, and then listen to them in the car. Uh, and Audible has a 30-day trial, so if you want to listen to this book, you could actually do it for free. Right. Uh, it wouldn't take you more than a month, you know, it, it takes about a week probably with a, you know, if you've got a 45 minute commute or so, you could probably get it done in about a week if you're, you know, there and back. Um, or on the train or, or whatever. Um, if you want to, I'm also including a link to, uh, to the book on Amazon. Uh, interestingly enough, I found out, I didn't know this, Audible was bought by Amazon, so either way, Amazon's getting their, their pound of flesh from you. Um, and uh, I would bet they also do analytics and understand your buying habits, so they may know you're going to buy already. Who knows? <laughs> Um, anyway, as far as ideas go, this is, I think, you know, doing, using audiobooks and maybe podcasts, hint, hint, wink, wink, to, uh, to, to supplement your, your commute and turn it into an opportunity to get some training. I've, I've gotten nothing but benefit from it. Um, all right. Last thing. I told you we were going to have an announcement. So uh, in the last podcast, it was really just an announcement of a survey I was doing. Um, this is the last, th this, this podcast, episode four, is the last one I'm doing flying blind. Um, most of you should have already have gotten a, uh, an email from me uh, with a link to a survey. Um, what, I need you, what, I, what I think would probably be best is to start making these podcasts about topics that you think are most important. And the best way to do that would be to just get a list together. So um, here's what I've come up with on my own research. Um, communicating, listening and decision making, developing talent, team building, leading, planning and organizing, creating structure, performance monitoring, budgeting and accounting, and negotiating were sort of the top 10 things that, that I've seen other, you know, other people in management talking about as important topics um, to sharpen your skill set on. Um, I've already gotten a lot of response. Thank you to everyone that's responded. Um, it, it's really, really helpful. Um, and so what the, the order that I, that I mentioned these topics in is the order that we've got so far based on your force rankings. Um, survey's only two questions long. It takes less than five minutes to complete. Sam, you took it. How long did it take you to complete it? Two minutes. Two minutes. So it's really short, and it would be really, really helpful um, just to make sure that, that uh, the episodes that, that we're producing here are things that, you know, they're topics that you at least want to listen to. Hopefully it will be information that's worth listening to as well. Um, um, so I'm, I'm going to include a link to, uh, uh, to the survey in the show notes. Um, so you can, you can just click it from there. It's also, it's also accessible from the Jason Claus website. I've actually got a pod, uh, uh, an episode up there. Uh, and, and, and I think the, it's embedded too. So, right. Um, if you could help me out, I'd be really grateful. Um, so that's it. Episode four is done. Thank you, Sammy. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> again, uh, anyone that's listening, Mom, thank you. Uh, I'm going to listen. Jason, thank you. Samuel, I hope you listen. Thank you. Anybody else, thank you. Um, if you liked it, um, maybe head over to iTunes and, and rate us. Um, only if it's a good rating. If, if you're going to just say nasty things, I don't want to hear about it. Um, just tune out. That's okay. I give you permission. Tune out. Um, <laughs> don't forget to try to take the survey. You can actually get to it if you, if you aren't going to go near the show notes. It's jasonclaws.com forward slash survey. Samuel, I, uh, I'm a Ruby on Rails programmer, software developer, uh, hobbyist. Hobbyist. Um, trying to figure out how to get those vanity um, URLs. Took a little bit of took a little bit of work, but I figured it out. So very cool. We've got it. Um, and uh, if you if you're not already getting an email um, 
somebody may be forwarded this to you and you want to sign up to, to find out when new podcasts are being posted, uh, you head on over to jasonclaws.com forward slash contact. Um, or pretty much from anywhere on the, on the site, you can sign up for the, uh, for the email. Just look for the subscribe button. That's, that's right. It's blue. Right? It's blue. Um, next time. Uh, now, okay, so next time, item number one, topic number one, communication. I found, or actually, I got a great email from a gal, uh, Heather Chapin, actually our president's, oh, wow. our president CEO's wife uh, sent this out. Um, it, was, it wasn't really management focused, it was about, it was, it was about how Facebook, we're always putting our best foot forward and how we kind of, you know, Facebook kind of turns us into a bunch of liars, you know? Um, and that's what got me thinking, right? What we mean versus what others hear or what others see, right? The, the, the idea of just because, you know, I encode a message, I send it to you, Samuel, or I say it to you. Right. The way you perceive it may be entirely different from the way that I, I put it together, right? And I think that happens a lot. That, that happens. I mean, not us. between you and me. Well, no, oh, it, it does. does oh, it does. Oh, here. Yeah. That, that's a great example, right? Tune in. We'll talk about how you alleviate <laughs> that. Right. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, until next time, I'm Jason Claus. I'm Samuel Hatton. Thank you, thank you for letting me be on the show. My pleasure. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care. <laughs>